The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hi, and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today, we radiate self-expression with Marie Jenkins, a Graphologist, is that the title? That is correct. Are you a certified graphologist? No. Okay. That that was actually I told you I had a bunch of questions for you. Sure. And there, <laughs> there are lots of questions having to do with that. So first of all, we met at the Casey Metaphysical Fair. That is right. I yeah. enjoyed that very much. Very much. How many times have you done that fair? Uh, this will be my fourth time. No, third time. I'm sorry. This is one third time. Yeah, the third time, right? Because I know the first time I thought, now how is a graphologist fitting in with metaphysical? But you know, it was great. And oh, I probably should explain. Graphology is handwriting analysis. That's right. It's interpreting handwriting. Interpreting handwriting, mm-hmm. yes. So it does kind of fit with the metaphysical in terms of self-knowledge, learning about yourself through an esoteric exactly. way. Exactly. So it actually was a great fit, and you were booked the whole time. Pretty much. I really enjoyed it for my first time uh, introducing myself, and that it isn't uh, something from a Ouija board or something you learn in court, but it does give you insight into your personality right. uh, and your characteristics. That's what... Um, I found to be very successful with the group. Right. And how long have you been doing it? Oh, probably 50 years, maybe. Oh, my Lord. So you started when you were five? No, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. No, would you like to know how I got started? Yeah, how did you okay. get started? When I was 15, mm-hmm. uh, I'm from Oregon, and I went to a state fair. And at the state fair, there was this great big computer, and it said, write your name on this little sheet and stick this uh, sheet into the computer, and it's going to tell you about your personality. So I proceeded to do that, and when I got the results, I wasn't quite really happy with it because it said I didn't have much going for me. I should give up. So I challenged it off. I was only 15 years of age. How dare something tell me that? So I decided I was going to find out, so that's how I started. Oh, good for you. You say, I'll show you, computer (laughs) at the fair. Exactly. Just a machine couldn't tell me what I did. No, no, it couldn't at all. Um, And yet there is something kind of like mechanical about our handwriting. So there is. Yes. 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 I went. I found out that um, people's handwriting did kind of show their personality a little bit, so I started studying at the library. In Kansas City, Missouri, there's over 350 books at the library what? on, on graphology. graphology. Aristotle ah. and so- Socrates started it. Really? Way back when, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Right. That's interesting. I had no idea. It is the only thing that's going to make you immortal. Oh, tell me more about that. You're very welcome. I'd be glad to. Everything that you do in your life requires your signature. Right. Okay, when you get married, when you get a divorce, when you have a child, when you go to the hospital, when you sign a paper for your house, car, anything requires your signature. Right. The most important things in your life require your signature, so why shouldn't it be representative of you? And it lives after you because all the paperwork is left with your signature, and that's how they say it is from you. 
Exactly. Only. So it's the only thing that is left after you that actually describes you, is it not? Yes, absolutely. So, right, you go to the Hall of Records, and you could have records dating back to the early 1800s. Exactly. Exactly. And that is proof that you existed. It is really neat. When I was about 20 years of age and I was in Europe, I went to the graveyards. Right. On the tombstones, people wrote their name. Oh, really? They passed away. It was on the tombstones. And it was amazing just studying the signature of those people to find out a little bit about the person that was in the grave. Oh, interesting. Well, absolutely. So that ties back into makes you immortal, doesn't it? It does make you immortal. Yeah, I love going to graveyards. I, I do, not, too. What country was that? Because I've not oh, seen I've, that. I've been in seven countries okay. over there in Europe. I've studied in Europe oh, for you, three years. You studied uh-huh. graphology in Europe? Yes. Okay, so this was one of the big questions I had is how do, like, where do you study this? Who's training? Who is well, teaching? Well, I studied it through actual doing it. Um, okay. I was with uh, the military. Um, I wasn't in the military. I was with special services, and I worked in what they call the service club. Uh, it was the largest service club in Europe that mm-hmm. we had. It was attached to the military. And we had over 3,000 soldiers, and they'd come into the service club to do entertainment and, and to have things. They'd always check out things. Like the USO. So, US, like a USO. I did right. help USO shows and things. But when the people checked out their instruments, I looked at their handwriting. And then I would compare people's handwriting to people's handwriting and their personality. So I developed a system that was more realistic than just reading in the book. Because mm-hmm. if your signature looked very similar to John Doe's signature over there, I would, John Doe would come back and you'd come back often enough. And I'd try to see if there was some similarity in your personalities. Oh, interesting. And then I would tie it to the handwriting, the same kind of thing. And I just right. kept revolving itself. And I helped with uh, um, Vietnam. Uh, when the guys would put in their 1049 to go to Vietnam, um, they would be there for 13 months, and they'd debark from us, and then they'd come back through us and then come back to the States. And uh, it was amazing the difference of the boy that left and the man that came back yes. in their handwriting, in, their, right. in the development of themselves. Uh, it was uh, very educational, and it was probably— and then I worked with um, um, a couple of uh, psychiatrists, Oh, um, that's and helping them, uh, looking at their, their patients' handwriting that were not real serious handwriting, but just personality quicks. And what I would do is uh, I got familiar with a couple of them, and I got fairly good at what I was doing. So I would talk to the person, look at their handwriting, and tell them about themselves, um, and then I'd t- put it on a tape recorder. And then when they'd take it, they'd go in and see their, their therapist, and the therapist would play the tape recorder back to them. Therefore, it opened up the doors to have more conversation than just saying, hi, how are you, starting from scratch. Oh, yeah, totally. So that advanced their thing, and one reason why they could spend $300 for three visits. Otherwise, they'd get bored because they couldn't get past all. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of a shortcut, isn't it? It is a, definitely a shortcut. A shortcut. Um and then is it, one of my questions that I had for you is, is it possible, you talked about comparing the signatures, mm-hmm. is it possible to forge someone's signature so accurately that it will pass a graphologist? Um, it, what is interesting, there's two ways to go in handwriting. One is finding the self, the change that you're making in yourself. Let's say IE, uh, that you see someone's handwriting and you think, oh my gosh, that is really neat. I'd like to do that. So it's making a big circle uh, for an over, let's say. And you, you like the way they do that. Yeah. Well, you'll start to do that, but it won't be comfortable. You'll have to force it. Right. Now, that really means that there's a change going on inside you or a development inside yourself. Yourself is telling yourself, hey, I'm changing something. Because right. you're changing from the outside, her, or the person's handwriting, like mm-hmm. that. Right. So then you're going to put that in you. Now, it won't become natural for you to make that big circle until the change is complete within yourself. Oh, interesting. Now, that's one way of doing it. Another way of doing it is there are certain symbols, uh, like in shorthand, you learn uh, right. there are certain symbols that represent certain things. Let's say that you have a compulsive thief. Uh, and it shows in their handwriting that they leave certain things open, so they're... they're is, is possible that they are more or less in that nature. So you in, you require them, every time they make that, if it's an open A, you require them to close the A. And I'm just saying that as an example because I don't want to give too much information. I'd rather you all discover your own selves this way. So sure. they close off the A. You force them to do that. That forces a reaction from the hand to the brain, right. forcing that particular type of symbol mm-hmm. to change. Interesting. Now do bear in mind, for every action there is a reaction. 
Sure. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily is it good. Sometimes what is good in here is not good when it comes back out because it lacks something else. Because the brain is only capable of handling so much at one particular time. It has to have a chance to grow. Okay. So are you saying that changing the handwriting can change your personality? Can add or subtract. Yes. It can it adds not change your personality because your personality has a base to it. Okay. It's growing. It grows right. See, okay. Uh, when we're little kids we grow. We start right, growing. Okay. Course. And then as we develop, like for instance, let's say um, when you're doing the handwriting of um, um, a kid's just learning cursive, all right? Right. Okay. So that is being trained. Mm-hmm. You, He's training. This training the mind. The right. handwriting goes directly to the mind. Okay. As he gets older, his personality will start coming into his handwriting. Mm-hmm. It'll show a little bit different than what is in the book. Right. So, in my opinion, since I've done it for oh so many years, I've done at least nine thousand men and eight uh, five thousand women's handwriting, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just osmosis anymore. The, the more variance your handwriting differs from what you learned in school, the more personality is expressed. Sure. Okay. Oh, of course. Yeah. So that is a way that you can actually learn yourself in this growth. As it is changing, you go, oh, my gosh, look at it. It is changing. Well, my goodness. And if you stop and think about it, you'll find out that there is something that you're wanting to change in your mind. Oh, yeah, of course. Right? Now, and so that that brings up a question. Um, so, like, what might a signature at nine years old and then the same signature at 36 years old, like, what would stay the same? What would change? You have a base in everything mm-hmm. you learn. Mm-hmm. You, um, you learn math, there's a base, and then you go to calculus, right? Uh, as, if I'm, if I'm understanding correctly, you have a base handwriting, okay, which is what you're taught. And then as you grow, so will your handwriting grow as well. Right. Uh, it should. Right. It the should. more variance your handwriting, as I say, the more personality showing. That is when you, and then you get to a, you start a learning stage, and then you, as you grow from the learning stage, you grow to I am me, mm-hmm. and then sometimes there's a we, but it comes to a point that you're no longer a student, you become Who the parent or be. the teacher yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. When you when I look at someone's handwriting, it seems like they're in their thirties or forties, and it's very similar to what it was in school. Mm-hmm. What's happened? They've been taught most of the time. They haven't had a chance to really develop their own personality. Oh, I see. Okay, so in a case like that, would you suggest to that person that they get out and do something on their own, right? Mm. But you don't you just jump into it because that's you, your handwriting has to change on a gradual base. As your personality grows. Because it's going to, right? Right. But if you jump it from one to the other, you have calamity, (laughs) Jane, right? So in the process of that small little changes, it gets cemented if it's over a longer period of time. So let's say the the big circle, from the small circle to the big circle, okay? And the Mm -hmm. big circle comes, and it's easy for you to make the big circle, then you know the change is complete. And pretty soon down the way, hopefully, you're going to find out, let's say you pass a big monstrous test uh, in school or you got your driver's license or whatever the case may be. That's a big mark. Mm -hmm. So that's going to show a difference in your handwriting as well. Sure. And then if you look at your handwriting on your um, license 10 years ago. (laughs) Very, very different. You should see a difference, shouldn't you? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Things that show in your handwriting are disappointments. um, Okay. Okay. Pain, uh, lack of self-esteem, all of those things. The thing I've noticed, the difference between men and women, and this I prefer doing men because they're more open and honest, women are self-deceiving. Not all of them, but the majority of them, we try to hide behind something. Uh Um, The man is willing to say, I made a mistake. Generally, a woman has a hard time admitting that to herself. So she, when she has a hard time admitting that I, I screwed up or whatever the case may be, she can't correct it. Okay. But a man can say, oh, I made an ass of myself, so I'm not going to do that again. Automatically locks it in, he's not going to do it again. Where we have a repetitive thing oftentimes with women because they, uh, they can't admit, necessarily can't. They have a hard time admitting that they're at fault, and they also have, they take the blame for things more, and they're more on the uh, more subjective mode of self 
doubt, where a man goes the other direction. So it's easier to see a man. There's an old saying that's really quite unique, I think, uh, and then I will, you tell me when I should shut up. <laughs> you can judge a person by the toys they play with. Sure. And they have. When we're little, we're growing up, and we find that when we do something well, parents give us a present. Oh, I'm going to give you this, I'm going to give you that. We get a treat. Little treats, right. When we get older, who's doing that? We're doing it ourselves. Yes, hopefully we do. So the larger the gifts that you give yourself, like boats or whatever, men can do that, you've you got to remember that maybe they really deserve it because they they worked hard and they got that, whatever that was, and they gave themselves a present for it. So they believe it more. They believe Exactly. That they, Women do give it right. to their children. We do. Right? Yeah. And and our grandchildren, or whatever the case may be, even the husbands, we put ourselves last mm-hmm. instead of first. Men generally, I'm sorry, I think, put themselves first, and that is a way of building self-confidence. Hmm, interesting. Because they reward themselves for everything that they do, so therefore they're not going to go back. <laughs> well, and that makes sense because often when asked to uh, help out around the house, they expect to have some sort of recognition for emptying the dishwasher. Exactly, or exactly. But the woman, does she? No. No. No, because she doesn't even do get it. thank you after she does all works all day and kind of comes home and she gets a marvelous meal. They eat and they go to bed or whatever the case may be. There's no recognition, right? So I think we're maybe used to it, but the point being is we shouldn't be necessarily used to it for ourselves. When we do something for ourselves, mm-hmm. we do something for ourselves and it's it's been a success, right? Let's go out and have an ice cream cone, man. Let's go do something just for ourselves to cement that. Mm -hmm. And that shows up in your handwriting because that's cemented. Do you follow what I'm saying? Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Well, we're getting kind of off off of uh, some of the questions I have. We're going into, like, some really interesting territory. But... um, And so um, so how how does handwriting cement our personality traits? What is it about handwriting, per se, do you think that cements our personality? Well, your brain, your handwriting is an extension of your brain. Okay. Uh, so whatever comes out in your hand mm-hmm. comes out in your brain. We have had people where uh, they have had, um, let's say they were right-handed and then their hand was cut off. Right. Okay, Even good about example. three years later and look at their handwriting from the left side. It'll be very, very similar. Oh, interesting. The same with your feet. If you had your hands cut off and you couldn't write, but you write with your feet over okay. a period of time, it's going to look the same as well. Because it is an extension of the brain. Right. Okay. So that cements, that's what's cemented. Now, we can look at ourselves and look at the change in our handwriting weekly basis or whenever you feel, oh my gosh, my, I don't like the way that my handwriting looks. That's the symptoms. Hey, I want to grow. I'm doing something. My mind is doing something. Right. We look at the signals, mm-hmm. and you can look at the signals from you, what you're changing by the way you're doing your handwriting. Mm-hmm. If you see a little teeny change in it that wasn't there normally, you're the one who will notice it. Oh, alert yourself. Be more patient with yourself because you'll probably find yourself to be a little bit more skeptical on things or irritable because any kind of change has a tendency to have a reaction. And when a change is oftentimes confusion. Mm. Change is oftentimes emotional, right? Mm. So those things start, you find yourself during the process of making a change, and that'll show in your handwriting. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. So you can feed yourself from the outside in. Right. You know? Yeah, you can. You don't necessarily know, but it's very easy to find somebody who's in the process of buying a new house or somebody who's in the process of getting a divorce or whatever through their handwriting. Right, right, Because right, right. it's not consistent. There's got to be a little bit of a change in there depending upon what they change, mm-hmm. the symbols that they change in their handwriting. Well, and it sounds like the inverse may be true as well, that you can fake it until you make it. So maybe study a, a confident person's handwriting, a successful person's handwriting, and then try to emulate that. Is that possible too? Um, if you do a little bit of copying somebody's handwriting, right. it's usually if you're trying to copy somebody's handwriting because you don't like your own, that's 
you're trying to tell yourself you're making a change, aren't you? Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because so I was thinking, well, like if I found out, and I have no idea if this is true. So, you know, yes. if you're listening, don't try this. But it's like if big swirls are the sign of a confident, successful person. And I thought, okay, I want to be confident and successful. Could I make those big swirls in my handwriting and then kind of fake it until I make it? Well, basically, that's very true. Um, you're obviously trying to make a change, mm-hmm. and you found what you want to make a change on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as I said, that's not going to be comfortable. You can fake it. Right. But until you make it, which is basically true, because you, if you keep forcing it, you can get it. For every action, there's a reaction. Do you understand that? So as you're doing this, what's happening over here? <laughs> right, exactly. That part of the brain may be firing, or we are being a cognitive of I am, I am consciously trying to change my outlook yes. to become more successful. Okay. Got it, got it, got it. You know, when I taught college, I had this theory that, you know, when, when taking notes, that it goes in your brain, and then it comes out, and you write the notes, but that reinforces the information. And I always felt that that's true. So that um, we develop that neural pathway between the eye, the hand, and the brain. Yes. That just reinforces. Well, you know, like when you're in school, you do something wrong. It used to be that they would have you go on the blackboard and write a sentence for 100 times. Right. You never did that again, did you? No, you did. <laughs> Well, and it doesn't matter if it's because of the repetition or that you just ingrained that message into your brain. doesn't matter. You're not going to do that again. Um, Something I wanted to know, I was really curious, is if graphology is used for legal purposes, like to prove someone did a crime or to to solve crimes or or in a court. Is Is it used for legal purposes at all? Or is that just it? It was. And I guess it still is in court. Okay. Um, I uh, I think it, the ones that can do that and do very well, I just don't enjoy doing that at all. Oh, okay. No. Okay, no. yeah. Because it's interpretive. It is kind of subjective, isn't it? Uh, to me, it is, yes. Right, absolutely. Because I have uh, gone against many books that are being published only due to the fact that I have had the experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and experience is the best teacher to me mm-hmm. because uh, it uh, gives more... Doing as many handwriting as I have is more of a um, personality mm. than it is actual skills anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see a person's wants, mm. oftentimes, the, um, through the handwriting, their positive nature or what they're not positive about. Women have a tendency to look at the bad side and then that's what comes out mm-hmm. instead of the good side. Men have a tendency to look at the good. Mm-hmm. Not as that, but they look at the positive versus the negative. We look at more like if I see you have beautiful eyes, okay, and I say to you, um, you really have ugly looking eyes, and you know you have beautiful eyes. You can't take offense to it, so it won't be showing. Okay, gotcha. Okay, when you're offended by something, it shows in mm-hmm. your handwriting, or okay. when something is sensitive to you. But oftentimes okay. that is your strength as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, because it's made you strong. Okay. Because you had, you've tried to overcome it. Mm-hmm. You follow? Okay. So in, in a handwriting, when you see somebody who has, they have so many talents, but they're hidden because over here, this they've been put down so much that they don't care oh, about themselves. Because you can see it's from their handwriting, the slants of it, the conflict of the positive and the negative. Okay. Okay? Instead of all of it being positive, part of it is positive, part of it is negative, which is very apparent in your handwriting. So why is that? What happens? They may be on a form of a peak. So what we do is we emphasize my book that they're writing about me is accentuates positive, eliminates negative. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Stop. A book? They're writing a book about some of the people that I've, um, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just sharing it with people. And they're writing it down on some of the phenomenal things that I've witnessed uh, by doing this many people's handwriting. We're amazing we are as humans we are so amazing we're so interesting we're so individual absolutely so what is what is this book who's writing it when's it coming out accentuates positive eliminates negative but i found out there is a copyright on that one i have to come up with another name for it so are you writing it i'm not writing it they're writing it i'm talking into and then they're going to write it okay because i'm not a writer uh, when is this going to come out? Oh, I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> oh, okay. You gotta, okay. Get, I'm getting ahead of you. No, no, no. Okay. You're fine. You're fine. Huh? So when you look at somebody's handwriting, what do you look at? What what things are you looking for? Okay. Self-worth. 
Okay, let's talk about like the loops, the swirls, the slants, oh, the, the slants. Um, that's where you have. It's difficult when you're looking at someone's handwriting uh, and say point out every single thing because it's on how they tie in the whole word or the oh, whole sentence. Okay. Uh, the simple sentence I have them right. I've studied for years to get this sentence correct to have the letters that I want in it. Uh, now, if I started sharing each one of those things with you, the first thing you're going to do is look at your handwriting and say, oh, my God, what about this? But it's not necessarily that particular thing, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, because it's tied into how you make the other circles around with it. Okay, well, for, so, for, for example, is there something that loops tell you? Is there something that a slant tells you? Yes, and you can learn that basic, yes. You're, you know, going in a certain direction makes it positive. Um, okay. Okay. Backward, if you write slanted as the opposite end of the way you should be, uh, supposedly you're insecure. Well, if you're left-handed, that isn't necessarily the case. True. Yeah. You see? Okay. So everything is variable. Okay. Uh, and that's why I say you can't look at a particular thing and say, this is you. I see. Because it's how you tie the letter to it with the other one. Mm-hmm. Okay? Right. And when you get the whole sentence written out, then you can look at each of the letters and see if that one letter is made the same way each time. Oh, so consistency. Or if it is different each time. Right. You know? So you can't really say, make an A this way, huh? It's going to, or make a B this way. But there are certain symbols, yes, that I go on. Right. Um, one of the most musical one is a G. Really? Yeah, the okay, G is so your sex symbol. <laughs> <laughs> Whole new meaning. And I have a lot of fun with that. I'll bet you do. Yes, I do. Uh, for women or for men? For both. Okay, so for like a capital Now, letter? see what happens here. This is where we could have a problem, all right? Okay. Uh, because if I tell you, okay, you do this and that shows this, you like sex or you don't like sex, or you do this, you, you know, et cetera. Well, you could change that the I next could day. change it, right? Exactly. But do you look at, so when you when you look at G for the sex symbol, are you looking at the lowercase or the uppercase? The, okay, gotcha. One represents one side, the other represents the other. Okay, gotcha. Yes. One side represents a male, one side represents a female. And um, the consistency of the couple, I, you just don't make one G, you know, you make right. several of the, in, in what I'm looking at, uh, to see if you're consistent in your thinking. And uh, an open G or a closed G, or uh, one that looks like an eight, or one that makes it backwards. Um, you can tell, uh, oftentimes lesbians, gay people, uh -huh. their, their sexual preference, you can tell through that. Oh, I had an experience where I did the vice presidents of a major corporation, mm -hmm. and there was a whole bunch of them. And there was all, there was like maybe 20 of them. And this was in Chicago. And um, after it's finished, I went to talk to the president. And I said, hey, you just took over this company, didn't you? And he said, yeah, how do you know? And I said, because <laughs> they have consistently changed their identity as far as being a male. Okay, say that again. They're positive in their thinking. Right. Now, see, it's, it's more than just a sex act itself. It's a gender, too. Okay. So they were under, this company was taken over by a, a larger company. Okay. okay. And these are all the vice presidents. They were going to tell, they told them that this has now changed over. Within that short period of time from the change and looking at their handwriting, these men have gone from being, um, looking uh, subservient to being aggressive to being oh. authoritative. Oh, interesting. Trying to jockey for their position. Because they uh, were no, they were taken away from that one company that treated them like that they weren't worth anything to a company that gave them their respect. Oh, interesting. And that was through their handwriting. You could see that. You could see that. Oh, that's, you know what? And that reminds me of a question. Um, do you ever, or any graphologist, um, do you help companies with hiring decisions? Definitely. I used to Def do that quite often. Quite often. What type of companies? Um, the, the most, the, the most fun were insurance companies. Oh, why is that? Yes, they're salesmen. Why is that? Uh, and also uh, car dealerships. Really? Uh -huh, those oh. were the, t the two most interesting. Okay. Yeah. Why were they interesting? Uh, because of the... Uh, Oftentimes, how they're misplaced. Uh, one of them I did, uh, it was the general manager of a, um, a car dealership. It's out in California. And he had 12 salesmen. Well, I did his handwriting, and uh, he was fairly new as a general manager. And so he wanted to have a, 
I think as a salesman. So sure. we went in, and I, um, it's, it's kind of fun to do it this way. All of them were together, and I had them write a simple sentence on a sheet of paper and put it in a hat, and I drew it out. I described the individual, but I didn't say who it was. Okay? And it was up to the people to tell me who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. All right? No negativity. Mm-hmm. So the ones that were, uh, you could tell, that were not in the following of the group, mm. that were left out, they felt a little bit more because the positive was actually shown to him. Hmm. And that's a one way to do it. But I found out through that that you have certain types of individuals that rather relate to, from the handwriting, mm-hmm. the aristocratic, because their handwriting is very powerful, okay? Right. And you have the other ones that are kind of meek. Right. All right. So you take the aristocrat one and give them to a Ford Motor Company or, let's say, a, a used car, or do you put them with a nice brand new car? Right, right, right. right. Just common sense. The one who's, you know, not really feeling that secure about himself. Right. Do you want to put him with somebody who intimidate him? No, you put him with people who are used cars. Well, they have them screwed up. Oh, interesting. Okay. So what I would do is be, uh, I would say, okay, now, when point out to the salesman that this right. guy is better than used car, this guy is better than new cars, this, you know, et cetera. So when a used car came in, if the new car dealer or whatever, the new guy, if the guy who sold good cars uh, got the draw cars, on it, more expensive cars, right? give them over to them and it split the cost. So that way you have a better chance of having a whole group successful. Huh, interesting, interesting. Then do you ever, um, like, help people decide who to hire? Definitely. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm. I'm re- semi-retired. I'm just doing this for fun now. Uh, but I would uh, do. Um, uh, remember, this was way back when. But when you filled out an application, and oh, there would yeah. be a space there to say, "Why do you think you're qualified for this job?" You'd write it in. Yes. That would be turned over to someone like me. I was wondering about that. And what happened oftentimes, that from what I understand, they interview. They would take my word for what this guy was uh, was uh, good at what he did, if he was honest, you know, all the things that they wanted the sure. guidelines for. Well, that's fine, except for the fact that one most important thing is that they left out who they'd be working for. So oh. what I would do is I would interview, ask to be interviewed, or look at the handwriting of the person they'd be working for. Oh, because you can take the sure. most qualified individual. Right. And really gone ho But his manager needed to have somebody look over his shoulder. He had to look over his shoulder. But the guys didn't like that. Right. So there'd be exactly. a conflict. So he wouldn't get the he wouldn't get the production out of them. Right, exactly. So what you would try what I would do is I would try to match the manager and mm. helping him pick his employees to match his personality. That's a very good point. It is. It's a very, very good point. Yeah. Because you can lose so many really neat people by putting them under the different management. Absolutely. Somebody will perform really well in one company, one position, one function, and then not perform well. Exactly. According to who they're with. But that's an interesting point because now, I don't know if you've applied for a job recently, but um, now everything is done. You do it all online. You fill out everything online. Yes. Right? And that's uh, that could cause some problems. It could, I think it can. Uh, so. They, uh, But see, I'm, I'm out of the industry now, so I don't really right. look at that. Uh, I am. Um, that brings me up to what the main reason I'm here. The main reason you're here, exactly, is because, and this brings up a good point, of that we're not using handwriting like we did. No. And not teaching it like it was taught. So, yeah. What, speak to that. Um. I'm going to relate back to one other thing here. Um, there was a method called the Palmer Method in Iowa many, many years ago, but probably before your grandfather uh, or your father when writing was started. So it was a way of teaching handwriting. A way of teaching handwriting. Which was a huge subject. Exactly. In schools, in elementary schools, public schools, and private yes. schools, I'm sure, too. But yes. Yeah. Online paper, uh, I don't know whether you did this or not, but online paper, oh, yes. you'd make little circles. Oh, yes. Okay. And then you make the up and down like a little tunnel. Oh, yes. And the more precise you could get it to make it look like that, the more successful you are, right? Mm-hmm. What that did, it caused discipline, doesn't it? It causes it the brain to Absolutely. keep moving it in the same motion and causing your mind 
and the up and down cause you consistently. So whenever it, it discipline, it, it helped cause a lot of self discipline. Well, we we do have um, listeners all over the world. We have listeners in Europe in different countries, and so for them, handwriting is still taught in a uh, particular way. So I just want to define how we're speaking of this. This Palmer method. I remember the big cheap tablets they had, that we used in yes. school. A tablet of paper, and there were red lines to yes. mark the lines, and then halfway through there was a dotted blue line. Yes. And that was supposed to be the midpoint of midpoint. all of your letters. And so uh, for Americans, and maybe Canadians, I don't know, but for at least for Americans, that's how we were taught that Fs were supposed to go up to the, the top of the red line, then extend below the second red line, and the middle of it was to go to the dotted blue line, and the A was only to Precisely. go to Precisely. Exactly. So it was so prescribed. Okay. And that is training the mind. Right. It is training the mind to That's remember what doing. how to form the letters. Right, exactly. But what it does is not just form the letters, but it forms the mind, too, to follow through on stuff. Right. Oh, you okay. Know? Interesting. Uh, and the thing that I found quite interesting is the people that were in there, uh, let's see, they're probably all gone by now. But let's say your grandfather when he wrote, if he may have only gone to the fourth or fifth grade to school. Right. But most, uh, for most people at that time, eighth grade education was all you needed. Very. My, both of my grandparents, all of my, all four of my grandparents only had an eighth grade education. And if you notice when they start writing, mm-hmm. they write it on a sheet of paper, they'll put the pencil in their hand and then they'll wait for, uh, for a minute before they hit the pencil to the paper. Oh, interesting. But Why they'll make that? a circle motion before they do that. Oh, interesting. What that is doing is basically going back to when they were kids, following through on that. Um, so what they're doing is they're formulating a thought pattern as to what they're going to say. And by the time their pen or pencil hits the paper, they know exactly what they're going to say and they don't hesitate. Oh, interesting. So they formulate in their brain already what they're going to do and say. Right. And during that time frame, only a handshake was necessary, not necessarily paperwork. Right, 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 right. Interesting. Because it, it's been followed through. If you give, you have to follow through on something. You have to follow through. It's right. discipline. And it's a, also now today, it's a way that we can self-express. Let's say that uh, you print everything. How do I know yours from John Doe's over there? Mm-hmm. There's no distinction at all. So your personality is the same as his, isn't it? It's going to be judged the same way. It's not judged on your own individual base. Mm-hmm. And therefore, your handwriting or your printing is exactly the same no matter how old you are. It may get mm-hmm. smaller, but it's exactly the same. You may write it faster. So there's no difference between you and John Doe. Well, now, um, a point that I've noticed is that, you know, I love to go to old bookstores, antique stores, et cetera. You see postcards, old postcards, old letters. All the, to me, to my untrained eye, they, all the handwriting from, you know, like up to maybe the 50s looks so similar because they were all probably taught this Palmer method. Hi, this is Christy. I just want to say that we here at Radiate Wellness hope you're enjoying this podcast. It's free to you, and we hope that you find it informative and inspirational. Heck, even fun. We have just three small asks of you to help us radiate growth. First, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. That way, you'll receive a notification every time that we have a new podcast episode out. Next, please give us a thumbs up a like, or a five-star review. If you're feeling inspired, a positive review wouldn't hurt. These two small things will help others find us when they're searching for great podcasts. Finally, please tell your friends about the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Better yet, show them how to find us and how to subscribe. If everyone did that, we would double our audience. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate it. Um, I know, too, for, for Europeans, I have a hard time distinguishing oh, two people's handwriting from each other because it's so prescribed. So how would you, like, have you worked with older handwriting, like the 1800s, early 1900s? I've, I've, um, um, I'm old enough <laughs> <laughs> that uh, when I was young enough, I did get to do the older people's handwriting right. before they left us. Uh, mm-hmm. And I found uh, all over the United States, because I was in the process of doing lobbying, so they traveled me around. Sure. And um, I was in, in the phase of still in the process of learning. 
the message that I got from people's handwriting was just phenomenal as to it's hard to actually pin it down, but once you've done it for so long, you just look at the handwriting and you can see what that person's about. Their honesty, uh, their care, their spiritual, their analytical, right. um, their love for life. Their, uh, these are just some of the things you can get in a personality from looking at someone's handwriting. Uh, whether they want to stay in to know everything that's going on today. Right. Uh, and there's certain types of people that do that type of thing, which also lends them to be in kind of the type of talents that they have. And you can take that talent that they have and put it in the workforce. Right. right you know, right, right. Uh, it's a, each one of us are on a quest to find out who we are. Sure. And some of the things that I have found to be so unique, but so basic, is that oftentimes the things that we love to do is our gift. Mm-hmm. Right. But I mean, we strive for things outside. But this helps right. you find your ha- the handwriting helps you find your gift. I think that's a very good point okay. because you get more enthusiastic about that and exactly. you're going to show that in your handwriting. Uh, I'll give you an example, which is very common in some of the shows I see. The people that are really have natural uh, intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not learned. It's natural. I.e., let's say a person who is the type of individual that will walk into a room or let's say a swimming pool, go to the swimming pool and jump in versus mm-hmm. go down the steps. That's one way. Or they'll walk into a room and they won't have to look around to see the whole uh, dimension of the room. They automatically know everything around them. Okay? Right. And that is in their handwriting. That shows oh, very strongly in their handwriting. Okay. Uh, oftentimes they'll go in, they'll start their sentence or their name right in the middle of the page versus over the left or the right. Uh-huh. Okay? So that means they like to take chances. Boom, they're right there. Okay, those type of people are oftentimes troubleshooters. Oh, okay, right. Okay, because they immediately when they walk in, they can look around and survey the territory. Right. Okay, so that means that there's certain types of positions that that's, that's good for, right? Right. There's also t- some people that cross their T's in a certain area that show that they like to take risks. Sure. Okay. And if they like to go into the middle of the pool and like to take risks, don't you find them that they're practically could be policemen? Sure. Right. Anybody who requires a lot of stress and short Financiers period of time. Procrastinators or? are another one. Mm-hmm. People are oftentimes they procrastinate, which means they don't finish their sentences. They drop. They don't put eyes on the, dots on the end of their uh-huh. sentences. Things of this nature. They just don't. They're negative. Right. 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 Okay. Right. So. When they put that off, oftentimes their mind shows that they activate more than 90% of the population in 10% of the time. Pilots. Okay. Okay? Because it's routine. Right. Except for that 10%, right? (laughs) That you hope you never encounter. Which you hope you never encounter. But they're there. They're Johnny on the spot kind of thing. Yeah. And, And that shows in their personality. Oh, I can imagine. So if they're the type of person who has these two things in their personality, I'll lay you odds that they have always wanted to be, if they're not, in security or in some form oh, of protection of people. Right. Where it's boring, 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 terror. Exactly. <laughs> and boring, boring, boring. Right. Goalies in soccer. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> My daughter's a soccer player, and she likes to play goalie. And she's like, it's so boring. And then it's like you get an action all of a sudden. So that's interesting. And so, um, you know, I'm, my mind is just firing with these implications I had never really thought about because you were talking about how, you know, an entire generation, maybe you talked about the Palmer method, an entire generation of people that were taught to be disciplined, to uh, know that handshake was your word and there was going to be no variation. So that being trained through the handwriting to the personality of an entire generation. And I just, I have a master's in linguistics. I don't know if you knew that. No, so, I didn't know. And so um, I know that studying languages, um, you know, there are certain things that are incorporated in the personality of an entire language group like in the german language you have the verb first they're very action oriented exactly yeah. right and then in japanese um you know it's the the verb comes to the end and so they're very patient so that's a real simple example but i can see how you know i wonder what's happening with today's generation for example 
that we don't have the stress on the Palmer method, the handwriting. You know, what, what changes do you think? I, I really want the, I don't exactly know how to put this. Well, I know you and I have talked about this before, how you would love to see handwriting taught again in the schools. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, why, yes, do you th- why do you feel that's important? Because it's a form of identification and self... Self-expression. Very, very. It's like music or anything else, but mm. it is a form of a child actually looking at something he did, mm. that he is the only one that can do it. Right, yeah. It, it solidifies something inside him that I am, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And as he grows... Um, it's like a, drawing a picture of self-expression. Yes. Okay. Um, handwriting will give him his own self to take pride in himself. I'll give you an example. Uh, this isn't exactly handwriting. It's before handwriting. But uh, my son's a redhead. And when he was like four and five in school, he had to draw stick figures of himself. Okay. And, but he would put a red halo on top of his head. Sure, to for, signify the ad- red hair. Identifying himself, okay. As it grew, the children, instead of having stick figures, they'll put fingers right. and feet, eyes, nose, and mouth, all right? Right. Now, the more the child learned about himself, the more distinction he puts in his picture. Right. Okay. Blacks at that time were drawing so at the same time. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Were drawing the same thing as uh, stick figures, but they weren't filling in anything. Oh, I see. And then Michael Jackson came out with the afro and the glove. Mm-hmm. And within a period of about a year and a half, those little boys and girls had black hair, afros. They had gloves. They had eyes because they got self-identification. Right. And they took they pride had in an themselves. identity. Mm-hmm. So thank God we had that. Right. Know? No doubt. So no doubt. handwriting does the same thing. The yes. more a child puts in his hand, I like put a little circle at the top of a smile or whatever. Right. Okay. It's a little hard. It's a little daisy, exactly. Right? It's showing self. I am, and I feel this way. Mm-hmm. The self-expression he's showing you. Mm-hmm. By putting that, or if he's real, when his handwriting is real dark and, uh, you know, heavy, mm-hmm. then that means there's a, probably a problem within that child. Probably so. See, all we have to do is really look at what our children are doing, and the way to do that is through their handwriting. I was wondering about that. Um, how much you could tell from a child because their handwriting is not fully developed yet? But can you, But you're saying that you can still can. Their emotional level and their intellectual and their self-esteem shows as they grow. Interesting. And, of course, as we we grow, hopefully, we get more sophisticated in our handwriting and develop it. But as we start as little kids, you know, uh, and uh, the more that they can get out of their hand, their hand is the only thing that really expresses themselves. Literally, it's something that they've done. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, that you they know, make. That they nature do. didn't take over that. They did it. Right. And that's why it's so important. And as we grow, expressing our handwriting, and as you say, you won't change your print because you think it's somebody else prints better. It's print. It's the same. But when you do handwriting, you can see that, oh, I like the way they made that zero. Then you're going to express this yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's self-expression. And the more you know about yourself and the more you do handwriting, uh, and the more from an earlier age you learn to go from print to c- cursive, the more personality you're developing. True, true, true. Well, I remember the days when I was in high school, we would write our papers and most of our assignments by hand. And, um, you know, got to college, everything was typed. But, you know, my daughter, she's 12. She's already typing all of her work or most of her work. And she has, she has beautiful handwriting, just beautiful handwriting. But so much of their work is written on the computer. It's turned in on Google Classroom, you know. And I think that's just the way that all kids are right now. Well, you, let's say you have three or four kids mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they write a paper, um, if they print it, do you know who wrote it? If exactly. they if they put the write it, do you know who wrote it? Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Self identity, 
Exactly. I mean, it could have been copied and pasted. It could have been plagiarized. Who knows? And I, that could come through in a child's mind, too. It's like, I, how much effort do I have to put into this? I could copy and paste. Could copy and paste, uh-huh. Right? As a college, I also taught college, and, you know, I had to go through extensive work to find out if something was plagiarized. Self-identity is the biggest thing. Okay, it's let's say that thing. you, uh, that's why court has it. That's why they go to court, and they have a um, graphologist come in and look over sure. to make sure do you, this belongs to Joe. This is Joe's handwriting. Right. It's his self-identity. Right. So even in court proves it. It's so like why, shouldn't we, why shouldn't we prove it to our children that you have your own identity? I love that. I absolutely, so how would you teach kids to write then? How would, you, how would you like to see changes made in how they're taught to write? All we have to really do is to look at what it, we're doing. It's self-explanatory. Okay. Well, yes, but explain more. Okay. Um, a teacher, if they're given pen, if, uh, by the time they're five and six years of age, they're given crayons to play with, all right? Sure. And some of them will make circles and some of them will make squares. That is already a form of identification right there, right. which is an open door to put circles, to put, to write their name, help them, and then say, that's you, honey. That's you. Mm-hmm. That's me. That's me. That's not somebody else. That's me. Right. So that automatically starts a child to learn a little bit about themselves. Yes. And they'll be going home and telling mommy, mommy, that's me. Mommy, that's me. Okay. And as they progress a little bit more, more, that's me. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's all we have to look at is what is it doing to the child to encourage the child to grow, to encourage the child to look inside themselves, to find out what they're made of, Mm -hmm. not to copy somebody else, but to find out their own ingenuity, their own creativity, their own well-being. Well, their own way. Exactly. And by being able to say, that's me. Right. It's quite a compliment, isn't it? That's an accomplishment. It is. And and it leads the child to see themselves as as an individual. Um, You know, and then there's this whole push-pull, right brain, left brain. Maybe I'm nerding out a little too much. Um, The left brain, of course, seeing how we're all connected and then the, the I'm sorry, the left brain seeing how we're individual, and the right brain seeing how we're all connected. And um, but we are all unique. And you know, it'd be it'd be really neat is if they taught this in teacher school, right? When teachers are getting their certification to have at least something to um, really stress how to, how to bring out the individual, how to yes. bring out... Uh, it's easier for a teacher to read print than it is to read writing, as we well, all know, right? That. So it's not something that necessarily, unless they realize the importance of it, right. um, it's cheaper for me to learn to do this. Well, and I, had to, I tell you, we met at the Kansas City Metaphysical Fair, and we have people sign up for our email list by a giveaway. We'll have them fill out a little slip. You put your name, your phone number, your email address, and you join our newsletter, and you'll be entered to win a prize. And so it's right on there. Please write legibly. <laughs> exactly. We can't notify you if we can't read this. But, you know, they're, I've just negated their personality. I'll give you an example I, I, uh, d- how important your handwriting is. Um, I, I, one of my clients was Hallmark Cards. Oh, I was a Hallmarker. I worked for Hallmark for full-time. You did. And now I'm back there teaching meditation, and I'm doing Reiki in the medical department. Fantastic. At Hallmark. Right? Okay. So anyway, proceed, um, please. I had to work with the designers. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So and I think many. I worked with something like maybe a total of 17 designers. Oh, I'm sure. And about 14 of them were left-handed. Oh, yeah. Okay. Exactly. So do you follow what I'm saying? Absolutely. More creative and exactly. individualistic. Exactly. So if they can do that uh, just by using your right hand or your left hand in it, right. just think what you can do with your personality without right hand oh, or left absolutely. hand. Well, you know, that's an interesting point because now Hallmark and now many other companies have artwork that is, uh, it's all words, but it's in a scripty font. And they have hand lettering artists at Hallmark and other places. And I'm 
kind of telling my daughter, you know, you've got beautiful handwriting. You could be a hand letterer. And, um, but I think you're, the, the effort is to try to take out as much personality and make it more standardized. You know what I mean? But it'd be interesting to just to take some, like a hand lettered card or piece of, uh, like a pillow that's got hand scripted font on it. And just <laughs> so let's say <laughs> that you're a, a type person who procrastinates everything and you want to follow through. Yeah. Oftentimes you look at your hand and you're dropping uh, like R, A-R-E, with an E, you drop, the instead of it circling upward, you drop yeah. it, and you're doing that consistently with all the end of your words, pull it up. Interesting. It, I, okay. Follow through. Follow through. Force oh. in the brain. It follow is through. Force in the brain. Follow through. Follow through. But remember, for every action, there's a reaction, so right. we don't know what the reaction is going to be yet. Interesting. What do you think the reaction would be? Overdoing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, okay. You follow? Following through. Follow through. Uh-huh. Now, let me ask you about this, because I noticed that when I am writing, I, I don't know if it's I'm thinking ahead, I start to write the wrong letter, and then have to go back and kind of go over it to put the right letter in. So I'm kind of thinking of the end of the word, you know what I mean? It's like I'll write like a, a T-R, and then I'm thinking the last the next, then I'm thinking of the end of the word, uh, and I start to write an S, and then it's like, no, it's not an S, it's supposed to be an I, um, so then I have to kind of go over it. Yeah, I tend to get my letters jumbled up when I'm writing. Is that Have anything? you noticed during that time frame when you do that, you're under a lot of pressure? Well, yes, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you follow what you follow? What's happening to your brain when you oh, do that? Oh, totally, totally, totally. I've got ten things on my mind at any given moment. Okay. Now, oftentimes in your handwriting, uh, it'll tell you whether you can bounce three balls in a year or only two, or you can bounce five. <laughs> By the you know, way, you divide your letters. So if you're writing a sentence, okay, right. and there's breaks, uh, right. like let's say you write three words and then there's a break right. before you. And then you'd write three more words and there's a break, okay? Oftentimes that means that you're supposed to not t- handle more than three things at one time. Oh, interesting. Because the brain has to take a little break. And, of course, I talk about this in my mindfulness classes at Hallmark and TBH <laughs> and teaching meditation. So, all right, need to just, like, pound that in my brain. <laughs> but, see, it's amazing what we can tell ourselves when we look at ourselves. Isn't it? Through our handwriting. That is so interesting. It truly is. Uh, it, it's a, a fascinating subject. That's why I say that's the book that I've uh, that had been written on the people that I have met, oh, on yeah. the things that they have accomplished by doing certain things and finding out certain things about themselves. And it was came from their handwriting. Wow. Well, our um, resident astrologer, Mary Jane Stoodman with Radiate Wellness, she's written a book, Desire and Design, about charts, astrological charts of famous people. And it's fascinating to see how their destiny was in their chart. I want to read your book. When it's out, I'll have you on again. And so I want to see how famous people's handwriting might Show with their personality and their desire. The, and yeah, the the person. Yes, and definitely. Their intensity and um, Adolf Hitler was an interesting person. Oh, very, very interesting. And so, um, if someone wants to become a graphologist, mm-hmm. if someone wants to study this, is there a school? Is there a certification process? Is there a book? There's like, all kinds they... of things you can do. Okay. Uh, to become a graphologist. Right. First, uh, an interest. Right. <laughs> you have to have a strong interest. Um, and like you learn shorthand, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, you have to have the patience to learn handwriting as well because everything has a symbol. Everything. Well, and there's so much study and so much experience exactly. that goes into it. You'd better be liking it. Exactly. Okay. Uh, the thing is with myself, uh, mm-hmm. I believe it's a form of expression. Sure. Uh, I don't believe it's, I think everything is variable mm-hmm. uh, in handwriting. Personalities are changeable according to your mood level. Sure. Not right now, but the mood changes. Well, the, mu- the personality right. will stay the same predominantly. Right. The, the the base of your handwriting will stay the same. Right. But the upper part can go forward or backwards or you know sideways, whatever. All right. So when you study, you, you need to study the base 
of it so that you can understand where the person's coming from, not just their mood levels. Right. So okay. you study the base rather than the variations. Exactly. Right. Okay. And that gives you a solid base to start with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then their moods you can come into. Look at your own handwriting if you're interested in finding out. Mm-hmm. Take your own handwriting and then go down and get a couple of books. Oh, go on the internet. Oh, sure. And, and yeah. check yourself. I, I believe in, in doing self-awareness first. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. So uh, check yourself at maybe your driver's license back then and what you're doing now. Right. And then go on the Internet and check out what's the difference between the two. You look at that, and then you go on the Internet and say, okay, I'm making my zeros different than I did here. What's happened? What's happening? And it should tell you a little bit about what's happening. Oh, very, very interesting. So is there a, is there like a certifying board? Is there a license? There is board? a certifying board if okay. you want. Uh-huh. After, you, after you get to a certain level, yes, you okay, can become certified. Okay, what is that certified. called? It's certification. A graphology certification. Uh-huh. Is there a board? Is there a name of the board that grants this? I don't know. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not that. Okay, right, because you are very intuitive about it. I, I have had... Um, um, You've had enough experience yes. to where you really know what you're doing and being hired by companies and... Yes, I, 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 all I have to do is uh, go in and, and do your handwriting. Right. I'm not going to tell you necessarily anything that you don't know, but I sure gave you a different slam on it. Right, right, right. Well, the things you may think negative about yourself, I find to be very positive right. and can be because we often work from our lowest, not our highest, so we do, we do kind of do that. And that gives us our strength sometimes. Mm-hmm. So uh, these are things that show up in your handwriting. Mm-hmm. Okay? And this is something I have learned over the years. Not over just saying, many years. Not just saying you have this personality, you can do this, 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 or this. No. What are your motives for doing these things? Right. Will you be here today and not tomorrow? I want to give you a base to start so you can grow with it. Right. And so if somebody wants to... Get their handwriting analyzed. Can they? Could they work with you on that? Oh, definitely, definitely. So, how would they reach you to do that? That's a good question because up until just recently, I've always worked through uh, booking agents. I've never had oh. to go directly to do anything, so I'm not exactly sure. I can ask for guidance. Anything that you can give me, I'd be glad to. I, right <laughs> You're now, not set up for that. Yeah. See, the thing that I have done over the years mm-hmm. is um, I've. Uh, I, I do professional groups, psychiatrists, doctors, you name it, right. in group form. So I have a booking agent that does those things for me. So when I go in, I know what I'm expecting. I'm expecting 150 doctors. Absolutely. So personality-wise, I'm looking at doctors, right? And they yeah. all have a common kind base. Of, who have kind of like comically, it is kind of comic how their their handwriting is. It's become a become a joke now that they're not. Oh, that's sometimes very right. deliberate, too. Oh, so I see. So it can't be duplicated. Oh, good point. Good point. You know? Oh, that's a really good point, especially on the prescription part. For sure. Right. So um, they, they write up, they'll write out prescriptions. Somebody can read them. Absolutely. You can't necessarily, but the but pharmacist can. The pharmacist can. can. Right? Sure. Because they recognize their handwriting. Right. Aha. They recognize their handwriting. See, I am like one of the few people who can read my father's handwriting. I said, you've missed your calling. <laughs> you need to be a doctor. Um, okay. So, but if somebody wants to work with you, are you still with a booking agent? You said you're semi-retired. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you have a, an agent still? No, I, I well see what I'm doing now because agents, believe it or not, they're getting fewer and far between. I was going to say I've uh, not heard of a graphology agent, well, so I, I'm sure they've done. They're not just. Gra- I'm an entertainer. On oh, one side. I see. Right, I'm, an, right. I'm entertainment. Um, I so over the years. Well, the reason I got back into doing affairs and things is because after finding out it. I want to get back into this. I kind of have fun, but I just want to have fun. I don't want to do it really uh, making bread and butter off of it, but right. I want to have fun and give something. Uh, so the, I decided I'm not going to just do a particular breed of people all the way through, doctors or lawyers, because everybody pretty much has a lot of the same personality traits. Sure. So I'm going to set myself out there so I can see everybody. So, But you're going to be at the KC Metaphysical Fair, right? Yes. Yes, and am. there's another fair coming up here in Kansas. Of course, unfortunately, people have to be. Oh, you're going to be at PRS as well? Okay, so for those of you in Kansas City, you are in for a treat. The PRS fair is, do you happen October, to have the October, what is it, this, uh, 17th, 18th, and 19th? That sounds about right. Let me get it. I've got it on my phone. The 
That's the National Guard Armory, isn't it? The 18th, 19th, and 20th is the PRS Fair. That's the Psychical Research Society Fair. It's at the Kansas Armory in Wyandotte County. Go to radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash events for uh, those exact dates. And then Casey Metaphysical. Do you happen to remember the fall fair dates for that? No, not off the top of my head. Okay, well, it'll be on radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash events for the KC Metaphysical uh, Fair that's going to be in the fall because I will be there as well, as well as... uh, And then uh, that yoga patch. Oh, are you doing the yoga patch fair? Mm -hmm. And I would that... That's in September. It's in September. Well, that will not be on the Radiate Wellness page. But um, you can certainly find out about that if you're in Kansas City, in the Kansas City area. Oh, the Casey Metaphysical Fair at the Abdallah Shrine Temple is Friday, November 22nd through the 24th. And that's on the Kansas side as well. So there's some opportunities to um, for people who might be listening and who'd be interested to come see you for that. And uh, I know your rate is really reasonable. And it's a lot of fun. What the heck, you know? Well, the thing about it is it, it gives a person a chance to... Uh, find out a lot of the talents that they don't know they have. I think so, too. That are natural talents. Right, right. It's a good self-discovery tool. Very self-discovery, and it also can help you find the right kind of job that is suited for you. Right, right. I believe when I I did an analysis with you, and you said that I was suited for public speaking, suited for the type of work that I do, the the one-on-one, the metaphysical, the teaching, the the spiritual type of work. Um, So it was was interesting. It was very interesting. So, Marie Jenkins, thank you so much. I want to say one thing. Please say one thing. We all have something about ourselves that makes us unique and special. Yes. Our job is to find out what that is. Yeah. And we already know what it is. It's being able to take the courage to express it. And that's what I love to help do. Yes. And that's why we're radiating self-expression. That is wonderful. Marie Jenkins, thank you so much for being my guest today. I really enjoyed this. uh, Me too. Good. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of A Guided Life Podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.